there's a lot of gray for, for us women, like when it it's coming to like, let's say like weight loss, um, you know, because for us, we need things like a little bit more recoverability. We need more recovery days. Um, we need to have higher carbohydrate days. Um, so it's not necessarily following that narrative of like, oh, calories in, calories out. It's really kind of just like for women, you know, it should always be personalized and periodized to her. Welcome to the Performance Rx Podcast, the ultimate destination for anyone who wants to perform better in the gym and live a better life outside it. Whether you're just starting your journey or you're a seasoned pro, this show covers a wide range of topics to help you reach your potential and live your best life. Each week on this podcast, I'll be bringing you expert interviews, personal stories, and actionable advice to inspire, educate, and empower you to reach your goals. So hit follow, grab your headphones, and get ready to take your health and performance to the next level. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Performance Rx Podcast, powered by Aspire to Coaching. I'm your host, Bridget Maroney, and today I have an incredible guest who is a true advocate for women's health and empowerment. Taryn Nettles is the founder of GT Nutrition Performance, an online coaching service specializing in women's health. With a strong passion for helping women understand their bodies and achieve balanced, sustainable health, Taryn is on a mission to challenge diet culture and promote a holistic approach to fitness. In this episode, Taryn will share her personal story that inspired her to become the mentor and coach she wished she had during challenging times. We also sit down and explore the science behind female weight loss, demystifying hormonal balance, and how to break free from harmful diet culture myths. So whether you're an avid fitness enthusiast or competitive athlete, get ready to be empowered and educated as we unravel the secrets to women's health and performance. Welcome to today's episode of the Performance Rx Podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Maroney, and today I have with me Taryn Nettles. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you? I am. I'm great. Great. We were just chatting before here. And so, yeah, living in Colorado, it's a it's a nice like day in the 60s, low humidity versus uh, <laughs> where I'm at. We're like burning in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like. 80, 90 degrees in Tampa, you know. <laughs> yeah. What's the, yeah, I'm sure the humidity is is up there. <laughs> well, you know, like the last, surprisingly, the last two days, um, it's been really nice. Like it's been lower humidity, but I always know like when we get the low humidity, it's coming back at us with a vengeance. So if you were to like, if we were to record this podcast like tomorrow, it can be a totally different <laughs> Like, oh, so hot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, yes, thank you for for being on here. Um, you know, as we were chatting before, I I'm very excited to, you know, get into our conversation today and uh just, you know, as I was mentioning been following the content that you put out on social media for for quite a while now and just like the things that you've um shared um with your followers and everything around uh female health especially when it comes to things like hormones thyroid you know as someone who has hypothyroidism uh it's just just major major you know big big value there um and so yeah 
very excited to have you share some of this um, on the podcast today. I guess, you know, to kind of kick us off here, um, maybe let's start off with with your background and yeah, how did you become interested, especially, you know, on the front of specializing in female hormones and health, because that is that is pretty niche for sure. Yes. So first, like first and foremost, you know, I appreciate you having me on here. Like it's, I always feel like so honored when someone wants to hear me talk, you know? Um, So thank you for that. And then to dive into my background and just kind of what got me here in terms of like my niche and all of that stuff. So we have to kind of like go back here. Um, so basically I found like my love for health and fitness, um, in the Navy. So right after high school, I went into the Navy. Um, I don't want to say like I was in the worst shape going into the Navy, but I definitely wasn't like the best shape. I mean, you know, I was an athlete all throughout high school. Um, but like, I didn't really like quote unquote, take care of myself, like, you know, from a food standpoint, because, really what, what teenager like does. Um, but I, uh, I was an athlete, you know, played soccer, played fast pitch, um, played field hockey. Um, those were like my three main, um, sports that I played in. So, um, when I got into the Navy, one of the hardest things for me was knowing that I had to pass a physical fitness test at least twice a year. And it consisted of running a mile in a certain period of time, um, doing so many sit-ups and push-ups within a certain period of time. And it was all dependent upon your age. So of course, with me being younger, like they expected me to be like a freaking like superstar here, like with running and all that. And I hated running. So I started getting into working out during that time because I knew I had to pass the physical fitness test because if I didn't, I would get kicked out, um, kicked out of the Navy, which I definitely did not want that. Um, so I started off, I think probably like every, I don't, I don't want to say like a blanket statement, but I guess I'll just say it like, like every woman out there, like, you know, I was just cardio was like my thing, you know, very little weight training. I was like a cardio queen. Um, and then I'll maybe hit a little bit of abs, you know, maybe do a little leg extensions. Like that was it. That's, that's all I did. Um, and then I decided to start dabbling into weight training. So, you know, I would buy like the old, like health and fitness magazines. Um, well, they're, they're still out. They're not like old. Um, and then I started taking like nutrition advice from these things and like following like some of the workouts. And so I just, it just kind of took off from there. Just like my love of weight training, because I was like, oh man, like it's just empowering to be able to see like the weight go up and like, I'm getting stronger and like, Oh, I can see it in like my performance. Like when we would go and we would PT like three times a week in the Navy. So, so I was hooked. Um, so anyway, long story short there, um, when I got out of the Navy, I wanted to pursue like my newfound love of health and fitness. So I decided to go to school for nutrition and dietetics Um, And so I did, but it wasn't necessarily giving me what I was looking for. Um, I was looking at it more for like, uh, like what my interest was. My interest was like, um, like performance and fitness and like all of that stuff. And like, I'm grateful for my degree in nutrition and dietetics because I learned a lot from the clinical side of things, but it's just kind of like, I wanted a little bit more. So 
I ended up um, getting my master's in exercise science and advanced nutrition from the University of Tampa. Um, and I wanted to try to build like bridge like the gap or build a bridge like between the two of how I can take what I've learned from like the dietetic side to like the exercise science side and like the sports nutrition side of things. Um, so during all of that stuff, I actually decided to try to get into bodybuilding and compete in, you know, figure competitions. And so I did what anyone would do. I went out and I hired like my first coach. Um, and needless to say, it was the worst experience of my life. Uh, <laughs> so, um, from there, uh, well, the reason why I say that, let me back that up, but why I say that I need to explain it a little bit more. It's just because of how, like basically everything I preach today of, of what not to do was everything I was doing back then. So following very, very low calories, like right out the gate of dieting. Um, I was training like weight training, like five days a week. I was doing a hundred minutes of cardio seven days a week. Oh, yeah. Right um, out, right out the gate too. Right. Like, right. Well, wow. or, but not not right out the gate with the hundred minutes of cardio. That was like probably like week five. So okay. still, week, still though, I'll say that exactly. Um, and then on top of that, performing hit cardio at least two times. Um, so I was like legitimately running myself into the ground and I'll never forget when I got my figure suit in to try it on. I looked at myself and I'm like, I look horrible, like absolutely horrible. And on top of that, after 24 weeks of dieting, like just that restrictive and doing that much, I was only down five pounds, like five pounds. And a lot of people would be like, oh, well, you cheated on your diet or you weren't following X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like I was all in hard charger, but I was only down five pounds and I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. So I ended up coming to my senses. Um, and I was like, I'm not doing this show because I, I look horrible. So I didn't do that show. Um, and then come like fast forward 2017, I decided to try it again, but this time go about it the right way. So it was myself and my fiance that were dieting me. So it's like, I kind of had more of a say so of what I was doing and just, we put our brains together because I knew what not to do. Um, and I just started like my coaching business up around like 2016, um, and so like, I knew how to diet people just from all the mistakes I've made. And so needless to say, I made it to the stage and it was, I was like, oh yes, I made it. It was such a great achievement and just like a full redemption, you know, from the experience that I did have. Um, and then I decided to want to try stay like staying to compete. So that was like the worst experience of my life there. And the reason why I say that is because I had more failed attempts than I had success um, because I was at a point where no matter what I did, my body just, it wasn't responding. I followed the, you know, calories in calories out. I followed the, oh, well just train harder, do more, eat less, diet harder. I I've done all of that stuff, but yet I just, my body wasn't making progress and it was just so disheartening to me. Because I remember like just sitting back watching all these other girls doing it. And I'm like, 
well, what's wrong with me? Like I'm, I'm broken. Like, why does my body not respond? Like, like so-and-so is doing, or, you know, so I dealt with that for probably like two to three years after my first show. Um, And so at that time, my fiance was actually working in a health clinic with functional doctors and, you know, they're looking at, you know, hormones, like basically all functional health stuff. And so he suggested, Hey, why don't you go and you run labs and see what's going on? And I didn't really know much about it, but I was like, I'm like, okay, you know what, why not? And he was like, because I see people in your situation all the time, you know, they're not losing weight, you know, they're, they're dealing with, you know, how you're, how you're feeling, just feeling like run down and just, you know, you can't get out of bed. You're feeling down, um, like, and for no reason. Um, and so I did that. And then needless to say, when I ran my blood work, I got all my labs back. It was a mess. So it made a lot of sense in terms of why I wasn't progressing anymore. And uh, just the stress my body was under from just the years of hell that I put it through. Um, And so from that point, I just started connecting the dots. And I was kind of like my own science project. Like, I didn't talk about it or nothing like that. Because I was like, I don't feel like I know, like enough to be out here putting it out or like sharing my journey on on social media, because I'm like, I, like, I don't know enough about this. And I don't really know what I'm doing. And I'm the type of person where I'm like, I'll just figure it out as I go, I'll fail forward, whatever. Um, so I started to connect the dots. I started to educate myself, you know, a lot more. Um, and then during that time, I like a light bulb went off and I'm like, you know what? I remember like having female clients that no matter what I did, they would not make progress. And I couldn't figure it out. And, you know, as a coach, you feel like a complete failure when you're doing all this. And then the client lost trust in you because because they can't make progress with what you're trying to do. And it's like, well, I'm doing all the right stuff. So I reflected back on that. And that was like my aha moment of like, you know, it's probably deeper for them too. It's, it's something hormonally is going on with them that is holding them back just like it did for me for years. And so from there, that was kind of like my pivotal point to start looking deeper into internal health and working out from there. And so like, if I had a female come to me and they're like, Hey, I'm having issues losing weight and you know, yada, yada, yada. I mean, first always address, you know, lifestyle because some people, you know, they think it's hormones, but it's really just, it's a lifestyle factor or it's a diet factor. You know, not everyone is a hormone case. Like if you can't make progress, doesn't mean you're a hormone case. It, we got to look a little bit deeper before we kind of, you know, check off that box. Um, but anyway, um, that's what got me into this was just like my own struggles, my own battles. And just, just like, I'll never forget just feeling broken, feeling so hopeless, feeling like I'll never achieve anything in terms of like physical fitness. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been that woman I I've, I've been her. So that's kind of like the long story in a sense of what, got me into wanting to do all of this stuff. Well, f- first of all, you know, thank you for sharing that and share, you know, share, cause I think, you know, it's especially like, you know, talking about being a coach there, um, you know, 
clients, people can can see health and fitness coaches and 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 you know talking about social media like a lot of it is you know the, our best foot forward and things like that and but people but it's it's easy to make that assumption like oh she's always been fit or and, and, you know she hasn't had these struggles and it's like yeah being able to have that experience i think kind of allows for that that extra layer of empathy i mean i see it all the time you know with just in my own life through my own personal experience, but also just like with people I know and clients. Like I had a friend, this was years ago, and she she has, uh, I believe it's hypothyroidism. I didn't work with her. She was just one of my friends. But she, I remember her saying she was working with a personal trainer, you know, trying to lose weight and she wasn't losing weight. And her her trainer, like like you said, like on the coach's side, it's, it's very uh, frustrating or, you know, it can be demoralizing too because I remember – her coach um, trainer was like, please tell me you're leaving the gym and just pounding cheeseburgers because <laughs> they, they they were just like they're they're because, they, again, they were doing everything, you know, by the book, everything that, you know, you're you're kind of, you know, you're taught to do that you learn to do. You know, if you do this, that you know, it's like A plus B equals C there. But sometimes there does it. It doesn't. And um and yeah, and and so you're right, and and I appreciate you also saying like lifestyle takes you know, because I think that's also the you know speaking of social media, um, kind of again the the camps that people like to put themselves in is like oh it's it's not the calories it's the hormones no it's not the hormones it's the calories and it's it's as you're pointing out it's it's somewhere in between it's some, maybe it's a mix for people and and you know. And that's, that's the, like the calories in, like the calories in versus calories out crew. And like, that's all they hold on to. Like it drives me insane because I'm like, I've been that person, like from like a coaching standpoint and just my own personal journey. Like I've been there before and um, there's for women, there's what, well, and men too. I don't want to exclude men, but for women specifically, we have a lot more moving parts, you know, from a aspect. And for us, there's a lot of gray, you know, there's definitely a lot of gray areas and it's not black and white. And it's, you know, it's not like, Oh, calories in calories out. It solves all your problems. Like, no, like for some women, you legitimately, like you said, like a, like a plus B equals C for some women, you have to go through the whole damn alphabet, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to Z, you know, yeah. to figure out like what, what is going on or to at least fix the root problem of, of what's going on that's stopping them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is, this, this might be like a very long winded answer there, but I guess maybe kind of touching on and, and yes, yeah, so like, obviously, you know, every human body has hormones and hormone health is important for both men and women. But yeah, as you point out, I mean, I, I think I heard this on, on your own podcast, they were talking about women specifically, like, our bodies are well. We're that we are the vessels for life there, and so when it comes, so there's there's a lot, as you pointed out, a lot more moving parts there, and a lot more um, complicated uh, things that can happen. But I guess I don't know if you can answer this simply, or don't feel like you have to. But um, I guess talking a little bit more about the importance of hormones for women's overall health, and yeah, how does that contribute to? weight loss, muscle gain, you know, you're talking about performance there, like not being like, just feeling like shit in the gym. <laughs> like, like we exercise to have fun, but it's like, why? Yeah. I mean, I do at least. <laughs> right. Right. So, okay. So it, it can, def this can definitely be like a, a long 
winded question. Um, but basically, like when it comes to like the importance of like hormonal health for women, like in terms of like health and fitness goals, it's it's such an important part of of the equation. You know, um, again, like it we're it's not black and white. It's that's really truly the gray area, um, and ultimately, you know, what's going on internally. Well, like first off, what I always like to say is you know, what's going on internally is a reflection of what we're doing. So it's like our internal functions mirror what we're doing. So um, like thyroid, for example, metabolism, for example, um, it mirrors us, it mirrors our lifestyle, it mirrors what's going on around us, it mirrors, you know, are we high stress? Are we not sleeping enough? Like whatever the situation is, it's always going to be reflective. Now, of course, you know, there are other things that play into thyroid issues. Um, you know, when someone's like, Hey, I have a thyroid issue. I'm like, uh, like I, my brain goes down the rabbit hole. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know if you have just a thyroid issue because there's a high probability that maybe there's something else going on that's impacting that thyroid. That's blunting the progress. You know, that's why you're, you're not losing weight or, hell, that's why you're not even like building muscle because, you know, thyroid hormones do play into skeletal muscle as well, because our skeletal muscles, um, they do have uh, thyroid hormone receptors on them. And there is a little bit of like T4, T3 conversion that do happen there. Um, but in terms of like how it plays into like weight loss, muscle gain, and just like overall performance, um, the biggest thing here that comes to my mind is recoverability. Um, like regardless of what your goal is, you know, if you want to lose weight or you want to lose muscle or you want to have the best performance, like if you're a CrossFit athlete, you know, recoverability is key. Um, because if you don't recover, you don't fully make progress. Um, and then in terms of like the, the fat loss aspects of things and how, you know, hormones can kind of like interfere or an issue with hormones interfering with that, um, you know, the biggest factor there is really looking at, you know, metabolism and, and sex hormones, because those things do play into, well, they play off of one another, you know, like there can be a hormone issue that's impacting or sex hormone issue, excuse me that's impacting your thyroid. Um, so that can make fat loss a little bit difficult. Um, you know, the same thing with, with muscle gain, like recovery, it's all about recovery. Like if you want like a positive response from your body, you have to recover it. You have to, because your body is like one big living organism. Like it's, it's not a machine, you know, as much as I hate to say that I wish our bodies was a machine. And they just did all the things like we want it to do. Like, I want to be super jacked. Like, I wish I can, just, you know, run myself into the ground until I get it. But it needs that recovery in order to do that. Um, and so with that, you know, usually when there is like a hormonal issue, um, cortisol is typically higher because the body is no longer in homeostasis. It's not in balance. And so if you're trying like your hardest to build muscle and cortisol is just elevated, like abnormally elevated. 
um, than you know the usual elevation because cortisol it is a moving target. There is like a pattern there that goes with that with the circadian rhythm. Um, it can cause you to be more catabolic than anabolic. You know, we want to be anabolic when we're trying to build muscle because the biggest thing there for building muscle is obviously the breakdown of the muscle, but then also the buildup of the muscle once you break it down. Um, and so you need recovery to do that. And you need to drive down that cortisol aspect to allow the recovery to happen, to obviously play into um, the skeletal muscle. And then with performance, so performance and hormone health. So it's one of those things. The first thing that comes to my mind with performance is the hormone testosterone. Um, now I know there's like a stigma with testosterone and we just instantly think, oh, manly, you know, I'm going to be a man. just, you know, all the, all the negative thoughts that come to our mind for women. Um, but if our testosterone is not in a healthy place, um, we are going to be more catabolic. It will impact our rate of recovery and performance because you're not going to be able to perform like as effective as you once did um, because you're not having that recoverability coming from the testosterone. Um, so with that, you know, it, it can also cause, you know, a lack of, you know, strength or decrease in strength. It can cause a decrease in, you know, our skeletal muscle. Um, and then also like, if you go in and say you have like a really hard um, training session, like, you may not be able to train for like another week because you just feel like you've been hit by a bus. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of like, I guess the overall like umbrella there in terms of like the hormonal aspects, like for women and then just playing into like the weight loss, uh, muscle gain, and then, then the performance. Hopefully I touched on all those points. No, oh, yeah, you did. Absolutely. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, um, just like hearing you say all of that, it just, it, it, and yes, like amen to the, the recoverability, because I mean, that's like, I think the biggest thing that I, I preach with, with any of my clients, whether, whatever their goal is, like you want to, you want to run a marathon. Great. Like let's train for it, but you got to recover from it. You want to, you know, lose weight. Yeah. You want to gain muscle, whatever it, I mean, like, yeah, that's, I think the biggest thing that's, you know, the biggest lesson that I've learned through my own experience. And again, just kind of emphasize there, but, um, and you, and you bring up uh, cortisol there. It's just, I just think about like stress and how, you know, again, like the mental, you know, obviously not obviously, but, um, I think oftentimes when people hear stress, they think just, um, like mental, like psychological stress, right? Because that's, you know, like, oh, my job's stressful, my, my relationship's stressful, whatever. But, they often neglect to think about the fact that like your workout, you know, as wonderful as, as working out is and as empowering and, you know, beneficial, it is still stress on your body. Uh, you know, your sleep habit, you know, we talked about lifestyle and everything else like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, so I don't know so many places we can go from, <laughs> from here. Yeah. Well, I will, I will say like, I'll say this like about stress since it kind of goes with like the recover recoverability aspect of things. Like you can't expect progress to happen if there is chronic stress on your body. So again, you know, you said there's, you know, it, it's not just a psychological thing. It, it is a physical thing. And 
I think that's what's hard for people too, is, you know, when they put so much physical stress on their body and they're like, oh, but it helps me mentally or, you know, it helps me feel good because of the endorphins. And it's like, I get it, but now you're out, like you're down and out for like the next five days. Like that's, that's not normal or you're not sleeping well. Cause you know, cortisol is like just all over the place. It's, it's not in a, a good spot, but in order for you to make progress, whatever that looks like to someone um, like whether it's, you know, weight loss, muscle gain, performance, or, you know, even like hormonal recovery or recovery in general, your body has to be in a safe place. It has to feel like in a safe place. And um, like, I know before, like when I've heard that, I was like, man, that's like some hippie stuff. I'm like, who I'm like who says that? I'm like, whatever. Um, but that was like back in my hard charger days where I didn't really, you know, I didn't really take that stuff seriously. I didn't take recovery seriously or or know anything that I I know. But it's so true. You know, the minute I think we we can recognize that and the minute we give our body what it needs, not what we want, that can be a game changer for a lot of people. And I think that can also kind of create like a 180, you know, in terms of how they maybe weren't responding to now, oh my God, I'm starting to respond, but I'm doing way less. Like that's, I think that's the biggest thing, like, especially for women, because like, I don't care like what anyone says, you know, like with women, like, oh, well, you're not doing this enough. You're not doing that enough. Women do more than enough. Like, it's like, we're almost like programmed to be like, Hey, you know, we're going to be doing this and this. Okay. I'm going to do this and this, but then I'm going to do this, 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 this on top of this, because it will get me where I want to be faster. It's like, no, like hit, hit the brakes. Like definitely it doesn't work that way. Yeah, absolutely. And again, just kind of touching on, you know, especially like uh, traditional roles of women and how much, you know, you think about like mothers and, you know, it's like they're the caretakers of their family. So again, getting back into that, you know, psychological, emotional stress there, um, you know, how many, like, I heard this from my my sister years ago, my nephews are, are older now and they're out of the house. But when they were young, she's like, I don't sleep. She's like, I'm up all night, you know, and it's just like, whoa, hey, you gotta, you know. This may sound bad, but I don't mean to have it sound bad. But like, I feel, I feel bad for some mothers because like they, they have the weight of the world on their shoulders, like with what they do. And, uh, you know, if they don't have like a, a supportive, like spouse or, or partner, like it's, it, it's hard for them because it's like, they have to run everything. And then on top of that, it's like, Hey, you know, you're putting yourself on the back burner because you're worrying about everyone else. And then it's like your body, like their bodies finally get to a point where it's like, Hey, you know what? I'm not doing this no more. And then you, you just, you feel horrible you don't have quality of life. You don't have energy. You can barely keep up, but yet you can't stop because, you know, you still have kids. You still got to do all the things. Yeah, I my heart goes out to some mothers because I know it's I know it's rough. I I know it's a job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll just say one more thing. It you know, thankfully you know, thanks to like certain you know people like yourself and other coaches. I had Ali Nagley on here a couple episodes ago. Just that have that 
you know, there's there there are people and coaches out there having those conversations around like what real self care is, and you know, it's not always the glass of wine in the bubble gla- bubble bath. There, it's you know, going for a walk, it's getting the sleep. So, so yeah, so hats off to to you know people who are changing the conversation, especially for women who are mothers and you know, kind of, uh, you know, trying to break that stigma of the mom guilt. But um, um. Uh, man, I, I I really just want to ask this question. I know it it, it kind of just came up to me just thinking about um, you know, again the physical stress of dieting. So I I I always I always like to pick people's brains about this, and I'm I'm really interested about your perspective. Um, you know, intermittent fasting for mm. for. <laughs> for for women um because you know i asked this and and again i think people who haven't dug as deeply into um you know the health you know hormonal health and recoverability of women don't quite understand what i'm saying because i'll just i'll just say this i've i've messed around with intermittent fasting and and just like so many things you know it starts off great but then it's i i hit that you know run yourself into the to the into a wall you know i dig myself in i have dug myself into a hole that i could not get out of and and thankfully i i have the perspective to know like okay this is what's happened but it's just like again it's one of those like well i'm doing this what's wrong with me and and yeah like i i've just seen like you know, it, and I think it's one of those things where, like, I've seen it in men where it works great for them and they thrive. But yeah, I just feel like shit. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's like that's the thing. Like, you kind of hit like the nail on the head right there. Like with, um, like any kind of like research that's out there on intermittent fasting, it is male based. You know, uh, males are the main subjects. Um, I don't, I don't think there's any on women. Um. Not that I know of anyway. Um, there there be, but I I don't know about it. Um, but they're all they're all done on men from what I've seen. And you know, again, like going back to like, you know, male to to female, it's like, yeah, we're we're the same, but we're very different on the inside. And so, like in terms of like the fasting portion of it, like, cause I, I started kind of like diving into it a little bit um, and just kind of toiling with the idea of maybe trying it myself. Um, it, cause like, I've never tried it because I've, you know, in my brain, I'm like, no, like, Hey, when, when you wake up in the morning, the goal is to break the fast, support your body, support cortisol, you know, have like a balanced meal, don't go hard on the caffeine. Cause that can just kind of like, it can make matters worse, like long-term um, from like a blood glucose perspective, cortisol perspective. And it can just kind of be like a domino effect for women, especially if that's, you live for years on end. Um, but I was even like thinking like, Oh, maybe I, maybe I should try it because it's like, it'll give me like more of an insight. But then again, I'm like, well, that kind of goes against everything that, that I preach, but I think sometimes like, at least in my opinion, sometimes it's kind of good to do those things because it gives you a little bit more of like insight. Like you said, you tried, you felt like shit, you know? Um, so for me to answer that, it's like, do I think a woman should fast? No, I, I don't, I don't think a woman should fast. I don't, I don't promote it. 
But then again, it's like, I'm like, man, like I've read some good research and some good benefits, but then I'm like, but it's just done on a male, you know? So I would say right now, my stance would be, I don't think a woman should fast. I think the main goal for her when she wakes up, you break your fast, you know, you, um, work on trying to like get blood glucose, you know, like balance, you know, have cortisol under control, um, and, and go from there. Hey everyone, it's Bridget. If you've been enjoying this episode and you're looking to take your performance to the next level, then I've got something special just for you. Are you curious about your unique athlete archetype? No, I'm not talking about what type of athlete you are, as in an endurance athlete, CrossFit athlete, strength athlete. I'm talking about athlete archetypes. So as a lifelong athlete myself and as someone who has coached athletes for the past decade, there's something I've learned through all this experience and that is the knowledge of the athlete archetype. So whether you're a passionate rookie, a disciplined veteran, or one of the other archetypes I'll be diving into in future episodes, I have a personalized podcast playlist waiting just for you. You heard me. I have a playlist that is tailored specifically to your goals and strengths and is designed to optimize your performance in both the gym and in your everyday life. All you need to do is take my quick and fun athlete archetypes quiz. And it's basically like having me as your personal coach curating content just for you. So if you're ready to unlock your full potential and make the most out of your fitness and performance journey, head over to aspiretocoaching.com backslash athlete archetype. That's www.aspiretocoaching.com backslash athlete archetype and take the quiz today. And your personalized podcast playlist is just a few clicks away. Now back to the conversation. Yeah, no, yeah, I didn't mean to, I, yeah, I don't, d- don't want to put you on the spot there, but I oh, was just fine. I love curious. It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, it's again, kind of like why I, I, well, I just like to, as you mentioned yourself, like just kind of try different things just so when people do come and they're like, you know, what's your, you know, what's your thoughts on this? But, um, you know, it, it you know, like you said, like the research and everything and logically it, it, it makes sense. And it's like, okay, maybe even using it as like a temporary tool, like, cause you know, for whatever cutting calories or an easy way to cut calories, but it's, it's just, it, I don't know. I, I haven't found a way that at least in my <laughs> experience, that it, it it makes sense there. And, and yeah, just talking about the cortisol too, like that's another thing, like not every fasting protocol is like that, but a lot of them do emphasize like, oh, have some coffee. And so like, now it's just like the double whammy of like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I can't, like, I can't say like, I, I support it, you know, I just like, but, um, again, like I know there's good health benefits, but, it's just mostly looked at from a male standpoint, not, not a female, you know? And again, like we need different things than what a male would since, you know, her hormones are definitely a moving target for us. So I guess, you know, with that said, um, you know, kind of talking about like a lot of research being done on males and, and a lot of, I think just in general, I mean, there's, there's definitely some more specialized advice out there, but a lot of, a lot of general advice for health and fitness work supremely well for men and not as, you know, great for, for women in all circumstances. I guess, what are some common mistakes that women make when, you know, they are trying to lose weight specifically? I guess we'll, we'll, we'll kind of just stick on, on that subject. 
Um, well, I would say, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is kind of going back to, I feel like I'm like repeating myself here, but like going the calories in calories out. Um, yes, that does matter. Like I'm, I'm not going to sit here and argue and say, no, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Um, absolutely. But we also need to understand, like, again, there's a lot of gray for, for us women, like when it it's coming to like, let's say like weight loss, um, you know, because for us, we need things like a little bit more recoverability. We need more recovery days. Um, we need to have higher carbohydrate days. Um, so it's not necessarily following that narrative of like, oh, calories in, calories out. It's really kind of just like for women, you know, it should always be personalized and periodized to her, you know, like, um, there's been some situations like with some of my female clients where we are dieting them. Well, you know, you would think like, oh, calories in, calories out, you know, they'll lose weight. But, you know, in some instances, you know, we'll go ahead and we'll add in, you know, a refeed day feeding them more food and they actually drop weight. So I'm just like, hey, I'm just going to keep feeding you, you know? And so it kind of goes against that narrative, but it's like, it works. It works for us. And it's just, again, that, that gray, um, another thing, um, and this, this may be opening up like a can of worms here. Um, another thing is training differently around the menstrual cycle. Honestly, I am not a fan of that. I I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. I think it's like, it's very, it's like blanketing all women. Like if you have a menstrual cycle, you know, in your follicular phase, um, you know, you can train harder, but then when you move in your luteal phase, like, you know, just back off and do things like yoga or walking. And I'm like, if you have a woman that actually has like a performance-based goal, weight, you know, physique goal, uh, muscle gaining goal, that's going to work for her. You know, it's like one uh, week of training. <laughs> if you, if you really break months. it down, <laughs> yeah, train one week out of the month. And, uh, and then when you bitch about why you're not making progress, well, it's, it's cause we're the way we're doing it with your training. Um, that's not like all of it there, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like something that I'm just like, oof. like, I think it, it can be a misconception and I see it. It's thrown out on social media so much. And I'm like, not every woman fits that narrative because, well, first off, not every woman feels the same, like, because the whole idea behind that is that like, oh, well, you know, when you're in your luteal phase, like you just need to be like more calmer because maybe you're, you're not feeling, you don't have as much energy or, um, however you're, you're, but it's just like, not all women are like that. Like I'm not that. Um, I have, you know, a handful of female clients. They're not like that. Now I do have some female clients too, where on their menstrual cycle, like we do need to deload. So we're deloading, you know, once every like four to five weeks, but that's just going off of how they feel, but not everyone feels the same. Um, so that's just one of those things where I'm like, like it needs to be personalized as a personalized approach. And not only that, what are the goals? Like the goals have to align with the action. And it's like, if I'm over here, basically like deloading you for like 
two weeks out of the month, you're probably not going to be able to have like really good performance goals. You may not add muscle or, you know, whatever the physical like may be. So that's just one of those things. Um, and then another one here is, uh, I feel like you opened up a can of worms here. <laughs> if, if a woman is not making uh, progress, she's either one, not tracking her food correctly, not dieting hard enough, not training hard enough. Um, and it, from like my personal experience and like from just other things that I've seen from clients that I've taken on, you know, like I said, like women do do enough, like women are very like most of them, I don't want to say all of them because we're not all the same, but for the most part, we are wired pretty much the same, but we're always on our stuff, you know, like we always want to go up and beyond. We always want to like push it more because we think more and more and more is better because we'll get there faster. Um, but if those women are not making progress, you know, it's, it's probably either, well, again, is it, how are you dieting? Are you going too extreme too quickly? Um, or is there just something internally going on that's holding you back? Um, or maybe it's a lifestyle thing that's going on, like the bathroom every day, you're not having a bathroom. Um, what else? Your alcohol, um, you know, because that's another thing, like tracking alcohol um, and thinking that, oh, well, I track, so I'm going to, you know, I can still lose weight because macros are macros. And it's like, no, it's it's not, you know, it's not the same because of how the body looks at alcohol. Um, and then the last thing here, the last one for the, like a misconception is hormonal birth control does not regulate hormones it suppresses them. Um, it, it doesn't regulate the cycle. Um, and if you think it does, you're being told it does. And you're like, Oh, well, you know, I have a cycle every month. It is a false bleed. It's, it's not a true hormonal bleed from actual fluctuating, um, like hormones that, that cause that. And so if you're kind of like going round and round with that, you're being, you're having these symptoms and you're like, Oh, well here, or doctors like here, get on birth control. Get to the root problem. Like I wouldn't mess with birth control because it can hormonal birth control. Cause it can just make matters matters worse there. Um, yeah. So now that I opened up that can, <laughs> gosh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the 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 cycle sinking there. Like I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like just a new thing or whatever. But yeah, I guess I guess kind of like bottom line is there is there's once again like just a lot that's like kind of out there in the world. Um, you know, that's marketed you know or kind of promoted specifically towards women. That's either it's like kind of like you were saying like it's like that one size fits all. And there's you know I think about at the end of the day like you know you need context, like, you know, what are, what are your goals? Like if, <laughs> you know, and then, um, and then also just like individual, you know, it's, it's not, yeah. it's not a one size fits all like for that. And that could be one of the reasons that are holding women back from making the progress they actually want to make, you know, just following that kind of advice. And I always look at, you know, who are the ones like putting out this advice? I mean, there is research on this. I will say that. So I don't want to like discredit like anyone talking about it or, or anything like that. But 
when it comes to research, it's a tool. It's a tool to help you formulate, you know, your own conclusion and just understand like, hey, even though research says this, you still take bits and pieces from it. You implement it, but then there's things that you're like, oh, no, I don't want to use this or this or this. But when I look at the people who are like talking about this stuff, it's like, they're not really into like working out so much. Um, it's just for maybe just health, which, Hey, cool. You want to work out just for health, nothing against those women, but they're not into performance. They're not into like, man, I just, I want to build muscle or as the aesthetic side of things. So, you know, you got to kind of take it with the grain of salt too. Like when you, when you hear that and who is it coming from? You, you've brought this up um, several times, getting to the root cause of things. I guess, you know, when, when you do work with clients and, and again, it, there's, there, I'm sure I'm, I'm making the assumption that women come to you for a variety of reasons, variety of goals there, but, um, and they have a variety of, you know, where they're starting from um, hormonally or health wise. But I guess, you know, when you have women who maybe have some of these issues or, you know, again, like the A plus B isn't equaling C, like how, how do you address that? Like where, where, where do you kind of start there, um, you know, in working with your clients? So the first thing I do is, well, first off, what, like, what are their symptoms? What, what are they dealing with? Um, that would be like the first thing. And then maybe just kind of dive in a little bit deeper to like lifestyle, you know, like I feel that word's coming up like a lot, but it, it holds so much. Um, and then and from there, what I would like to do is I would like to run a full thyroid, full sex hormone panel. Um, so I can actually see what's going on because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, if you have someone that's like, oh, well, you know, I have like just this issue, it's usually not just that issue because our body systems work together. So it's kind of like if one thing's off, it can kind of throw other systems off. So I always like to look at, you know, the, the blood work to know for sure, you know, what's going on um and then and then go from there really quick another thought that just kind of came up in my mind you know specifically thinking about thyroid because you know again as someone who has gone through their own uh i don't know healing journey whatever <laughs> i don't know what you might call it there have my own issues with thyroid but i i hear this a lot or i've heard this a lot from doctors and other um people is that yeah you mentioned symptoms there so I mean, I guess what, what what's kind of like your take on that there? Like in, in my experience and in the way I work with doctors and where I have worked with doctors is like, yes, blood work is is definitely like key there. But there's there is um, there isn't that element. There is that element of of the, the symptoms. Like what are your you know, because like and, and I and I, and I guess that's kind of the thing with with blood work in general is like, you know, depending on the day and what's happening to you that day, it's, you know, it's a snapshot there. Mm -hmm. And as someone who has, you know, suffered, you know, some very severe symptoms um, and now, you know, have managed those symptoms um, and, and the blood work also shows, but, you know, some days like, like my most recent blood work was not the greatest compared to where it was, you know, previously, but at the same time, like, my symptoms are are fine there. So I don't know. I, I guess that's 
know, whatever kind of question in my rambling there. <laughs> so it, okay. So it's okay. Prime example here. Um, because I've, I've seen this, you know, come up many a times, um, you know, when I'm working, working with the client to help with hormone or to help with thyroid health, because let's say they have, um, you know, low thyroid function, say they're hypothyroid. Um, and we work on things for like six months, you know, we work on, you know, increasing food, keeping like the stressors, you know, kind of low monitoring, you know, the training volume, um, you know, and then of course, like diving into lifestyle and like, Hey, well, we need to work on changing X, Y, Z here to, to help us. But I have seen some instances where for some women, like, man, they're eating like well over like 300 grams of carbs. But then we happen to see like they get their lab work back and like, it's kind of a little bit worse there. Um, so it's, it's one of those things too, like with hormones, it's like, it is always like a moving target too, you know, because it does depend on like what's going on with you. Um, even if like you have someone like eating like well over 300 grams of carbs and say they kind of say they lost weight, like throughout the process of just increasing food. But then when you get blood work done, it's like, oh man, like this, this isn't right. This is a little bit higher or whatever the case is. Um, again, it's just like one of those situations, like, well, you have to make sure you're looking at everything else, seeing what's going on. Um, not just like focusing on like thyroid, but like looking a little bit deeper there of what's happening, like just using thyroid as an example. Um, and then just understanding that it is a moving target. Um, I know they have other tests too. Like you can do a hair tissue mineral analysis test. Um, and the benefit of that is that, well, that's looking at more so like the mineral side of things. Like what are you deficient in that could be playing into whatever you have going on? But that's looking at a snapshot of the last three months of your life where blood work, it's a great tool. It could give you a really good indication of like, Hey, this is what's going on, but it's kind of looking at you in just that moment. You know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of like the, the negative side of it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've seen situations like that too. And, you know, you're all hyped up, like, Oh man, I feel good. And this, and this it even happened to me. And then like, you get your stuff back and you're like, Oh my God. God, like what is going on? Um, you know, or it could, I've even seen other things here too, just kind of throwing that out there, um, where the thyroid lab or panel, whatever like marker we're talking about is it's skewed a little bit. Um, so that can just be from maybe like supplementation that you're taking, or it could have been something from the phlebotomist who drew the blood, like a mistake they made or, or whatever the situation is. So if you ever see something that comes back, that's like totally off the charts and you're like, this makes no sense. I would always recommend trying to, trying to rerun it to, to see. Yeah. Fair point. I mean, yeah. When in doubt, like, yeah, just recheck it there. I've definitely had to have that done, you know, 
periodically there just to you know double check and as you said like usually or thankfully in, in those cases it was just kind of like a fluke there i think like my doctor one time she's like oh you know this is like you said like the phlebotomist you know it was just the way that the sample was handled there like and she and she was experienced enough that like she knew that kind of like she wasn't concerned you know um kind of yeah but um yeah. Uh, okay. So you mentioned you mentioned you have like women who are eating well over 300 grams of carbs, and I'm sure there's probably some people, some women <laughs> listening to this, being like, "Oh my god," uh, because you know, again, like uh, I think just society as a whole uh, has been conditioned to fear carbs over the past couple of years, and and again, you know, s- talking specifically about women, but. I've, I've seen, you know, just you mentioned this several times online um, and we were even talking about this before being very pro carb, but you, I think to quote you, uh, you said women like thrive on carbs. So, yes. So to add to that, like one of the biggest things here is that we have to understand that, well, first off, women are more prone to having thyroid issues. Um, not saying males aren't, but it's not as common as, as women, just because of all like the crazy things like we do, you know, like all the dieting and like cutting out this micronutrient, that micronutrient or following, you know, so-and-so's meal plan or whatever the situation may be. Um, but carbs are your thyroids or your thyroids BFF. Like it is just because of the response that carbs have, um, starting from like the brain that signals down to the thyroid, and then it helps the thyroid with, well, specifically thyroid stimulating hormone. It helps with, you know, production of like T4 that gets converted in other areas of the body. Um, but yeah, carbs, carbs is where it's at because a lot of people who cut out the carbohydrates, like they don't really understand like what's going on. Like, yeah, they're like, Oh, cool. Like I, um, I did low carb and like, I dropped like five pounds this week. And it's like, it's not five pounds of fat you drop, like not to, not to burst anybody's bubble. Um, but it, <laughs> you need to burst it though. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, like, uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be the asshole here. Um, no, I- <laughs> But it's fine. It's my podcast. I'll, I'll take accountability. It's <laughs> yeah. Send, send Bridget the hate mail, not me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but no, like with like when you cut out carbs, like yeah, you will drop weight quick in the beginning. But the main reason for that is because you have to think carbs hold water, carbs hold glycogen. The minute you cut those out, you're more than likely just dropping the water and any like excess glycogen that you're getting from the carbs that is showing on the scale. And so, yeah, people are like, Oh, it's instant gratification. This is why low carb dieting is, is, is the best and carbs are the devil and, and fats are where it's at. Um, you know, I think like a high fat, low carb diet has its place, like in clinical types of like situations, um, or like clinical, like scenarios or like people who have some kind of disease state, like certain kind of autoimmune diseases, like people thrive very well on like low carb keto types of diets. But for general people like you and I, where like we were healthy for the most part, cutting out carbs, isn't going to make life better for us. Um, it's, it will actually make it worse 
um, just because of, again, when you drastically cut out carbs, it's going to decrease thyroid hormones. And when that goes on, you know, of course, you know, your thyroid function, your metabolism, it's going to drop. Um, and then also kind of like a little like fun fact here is that, you know, the um, thyroid itself, it actually is made up of like glucose mon molecules. So kind of like one of these things, like, if it's made off of that, or it has some of those in it, why are we cutting them out? You know, because obviously, like we hear like, glucose is our main fuel source. Um, I know some people will argue and they're like, Oh, no, well, you know, fats are and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I'm not, I'm not talking about like, that clinical demographic, you know, um, but another thing too, like with really low carb dieting, um, and just like doing that for long periods of time, or just having a lifestyle where you fear carbs, um, over time, it does lower our insulin, which, Hey, for some people, that's a positive. They, they need that because maybe they are more insulin resistant, but for people who are not, it can be a bad thing because of how it does negatively impact our, our thyroid, um, because there, there is a relationship there. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. And just kind of thinking like going zero to a hundred and then just like cutting out all the carbs. It's, it's honestly, it will eventually bite you in the ass and like your progress is going to slow down. And then, yeah, you may, you may have made like excellent progress by like avoiding carbohydrates. And, you know, there's no argument there because it's kind of like, Hey, a calorie deficit is a calorie deficit, you know, regardless if you cut out carbs or you don't. Um, but the thing is, is you need to look and see what happens after that diet. How does that thyroid look after the diet? Um, and then, I, I mean, I know there's like, I talked to like women before where they're like, yeah, I've tried keto. I tried, you know, low carb dieting and it just completely destroyed, you know, my thyroid health and my metabolism. And like, I'm still trying to deal with that. Um, and so it just kind of has like lasting effects. So it, it's like, you, you gotta, like, we just have to be like smarter, like as for women and balance approach is always the best approach. You know, if you're something that's like, cut this out, cut that out probably not the best approach because for every action, there will always be a positive and negative reaction for, for what we do. Yeah. And that's such a good point too. I think a lot, I mean, it, I completely empathize with how people feel with this way. Cause I've, I've been there where it's like, I just want to see this result. I just want to get this weight off. I just want whatever. And, and people are like, so eager, um, you know, to, to, to get to that end that they don't think about, like you said, like those long-term effects, like, yeah, okay, great. Dropped this weight. But now it's like, well, now I, I, you know, like it, it can take, I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it could take like, you know, several years, I think maybe for, for some, for some people yeah. to recover from, from some of these diets. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then the sad thing is too, is like what, what does make it hard is, you know, also like when you have like doctors out there, like recommending, Oh, just go on a low carb diet or just do this, just do that. And it's like, not to discredit doctors, but they legitimately only took like one nutrition course throughout their whole college career. 
of like <laughs> eight years, eight to 10 years of being in school. So it's kind of like, what does that, t- you know? So it's, I don't, we just, we just got to like make better choices here and just understand that like, you know, cutting out a certain food group is, is not the way. Um, and if I say to like some of these women who's like, oh, well, carbs just don't work for me. Um, for some women, like, no, it may not, but it's because there's an underlying issue that's not being addressed. That's, that's their problem. But for the ones where there's not an issue, it's not the fact that carbs don't work for you. It's just the fact that you don't know how to utilize carbs properly. You don't know how to periodize them properly. Um, and so that's why it doesn't work for you. Yeah, no, great point. Um, well, I know a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about has a lot of nuance and, and context and, and definitely many layers and gray areas there. But I guess, you know, for anyone who's who's listening to this, this episode, who maybe is just starting out on, you know, health, uh, weight loss, whatever, fitness journey, just in general, I guess, what would be just some simple steps? Because again, like, I think that's part, you know, I'm sure you can appreciate this as, as much as anyone there. There's, there's so much information out there and, and people kind of get into this like analysis process, like, Oh, is it my hormones? Is it, but what are, yeah. Like kind of like, what are some simple things that someone could do if they're like, Hmm, you know, I'm not sure where to start. You know, is it my hormones? Is my lifestyle, nutrition, whatever. So again, lifestyle, that word lifestyle, that's, that is like the biggest thing. Um, So I would say, you know, I'll get into lifestyle, of course, but first and foremost, have an understanding of what healthy foods are, have an understanding of what nutrient dense foods are, Um, and just like a foundational health of nutrition, like you don't have to, you don't have to be like, Albert Einstein of nutrition, you know, you just really have to understand like, okay, this is a protein. This is a carb. This is a fat. These foods have, you know, fiber in them. These are your processed foods. So if you can understand like that, and and you can kind of build your food upon like healthy food options or nutrient dense foods, like again, like protein sources, um, you know, like complex carbohydrates, uh, fruits and vegetables, healthy fats, you'll be good. Like that's the first place to start because I think people, they like, especially with like, if it fits your macros, like with that thing, it's like, Hey, all about that. I'm all about flexible dieting and having flexibility, you know, in your diet or, you know, focusing on eating, you know, like 80 to 90% healthy types of foods. And then like that, like 10 to 20%, like foods that you enjoy, like I'm all about it. But I think a lot of people just, they skip that step and then they go straight to like, oh, well, Hey, I can sit here and eat, you know, chips and cakes and have a little protein with it. And it's cool. Cause it fits my macros. And I seen, you know, so-and-so online promoting it and they're shredded. Um, it's, you, you have to have your own understanding of that and understand that healthy foods, nutrient dense foods still matter, um, regardless of where, where you're at, um, or what your goal is. So the other things here too, would be sleep, like making sure like you're getting at least seven to eight hours 
hours of sleep per night. Like sleep is so essential with, again, whatever your goal is, like we need to sleep. That's the time we recover. Um, that's the time like our, our bodies like regulate itself. Like it needs sleep. Um, and then focusing on balanced diet again, like don't, don't be following something that's cutting out a specific food group. It's, it's not good for you. Um, because also that can lead to like deeper issues. Like there's a specific vitamin or mineral deficiency you're with that could also be one of the causes of like a hormonal issue you run into later on down the road. Um, so it's, it's just not good to cut, cut out a food group there. Um, focus on, you know, fiber rich foods, you know, that would definitely be a good one. And knowing what fiber rich foods are, like, I'm not talking like, you know, you go to the store and you're like, oh, Hey, here's some like low carb, like tortillas with like 20 grams of carbs. And then you eat it. Then your digestive tracts like messed up for the next week. Like I'm talking like, you know, fruits and, and vegetables or seeds, nuts, like things like that would be, would be great. Um, strength train, definitely strength train, like don't avoid it because it, if you're trying to not only feel good, but then you kind of want to achieve like this, like maybe specific look you have or a performance goal, you know, you have, you need to weight train. Um, and weight training, it's, it's so beneficial for, you know, for us as we age, but then also just for hormonal health, for thyroid health, it's, it's just good to do. Um, and then let's see, last thing here that I would say would be, um, like limit, limit your alcohol intake. Like don't, you can't. I hate to say it, but it's like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. When it comes to alcohol, like there's, there's no way, like, I, I don't care what like the influencer coach says, like, I no. like, I haven't really seen any data that says, you know, alcohol is so beneficial to us. Like it can definitely stall progress. Um, especially for, you know, for women, I mean, males too, but you know, women is, is kind of like my thing there. Um, but yeah, those are just some simple things that, you know, you can start with. Um, oh, and there's one more thing, like limit your caffeine intake, like don't overstimulate yourself, like meaning like you're having two cups of coffee and then you're having a pre-workout, you know, that's loaded with caffeine. Like you want to limit that because that can definitely bite you in the ass, you know, as you're, you're getting deeper into this stuff. Yeah. I mean... I hate to say it, but you know, it's, it's, it's the basics there. Mm -hmm. I, I don't hate to say it. I hate, I hate to say that like, you know, what's it's, it's usually the things that aren't very exciting or flashy that have like the most impact. Yeah. And that's what people forget. Yeah. Like they're always looking for like the sexy way. It's like mm -mm. the basics, like oh. that's, that's the sexy way, so to speak. Yeah. Sleep, chill out, lift heavy shit. Don't eat shit. It's that. <laughs> Don't eat too it's much that shit. Simple. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's it's really that simple. Um, you know, yeah. and just yeah. don't try to go for like this like extremeness. Like there's nothing positive comes out of extreme. Nothing, you know, because a lot of these people who are trying to dive into the extremes or these crazy fad diets, it's like you're, you're, you're going to fail, like not to sound like mean, but you will fail because it's not sustainable for you. Um, and so 
I think for a lot of people, that's what kind of gets them into like that very vicious cycle of like, oh, I'm going to do this like 1200 calorie diet and then I'm going to try it out. Oh, I can't stick to it. I'll start Monday. And then it's like, you just keep going back to the same old stuff, but you literally get nowhere. Yeah. A lot of people don't, don't realize, I mean, that this is the sustainability is, is kind of the key factor there. And if you're constantly going on and off a diet, then it's, it's, it's not working. And, you know, people think it's them like, Oh, you know, I need to try harder. It's like, no, you're like 1200 calories is, is hard. You're, you're trying very hard and you shouldn't be trying that hard. That's like, it's like 1200 calories is like for like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say like a toddler, but maybe like a child, like not like a grown adult. I mean, unless you're, Mm-mm. you're in a like you're a grown adult but you're like maybe I don't know like four foot eight in stature yeah yeah but yeah like grown adults like no you don't need to start on a 1200 calorie diet Mm-mm. no well we've <laughs> we've done we we've said a lot yes <laughs> you've said a lot I've just been listening but <laughs> No, no. Thank. I mean, again, like, thank you, Taryn, for like everything that you've shared. I guess is there anything? I mean, do you feel is there anything that we've kind of left on the table? I know we've kind of like gone all over the place, but we've covered quite a bit. I would say that, um, like, the golden rule, like the golden rule for for anyone, like especially fat loss, because I know, like, you know, a lot of people want to lose weight; they want to feel good. Hey, I'm not mad at you about that. Everybody does, but. You know, just a couple of things to keep in mind here. Um, and it's kind of jumping off of what, I lo- what I've said, which is the extremes and stuff. But your golden rule to make sure that you're having, you know, more success than failures when it comes to making progress um, should be trying to eat as much as you can while doing as little as you can and still progressing. So I'm not saying like, hey, sit on the couch and do nothing and be like, hey, that girl on Bridges podcast said this is okay. (laughs) Um, I'm saying this from a point of like, you know, you don't need to be in the gym like six, seven days a week. Um, You know, even like four days a week for some people is is more than sufficient. And you don't need to be killing yourself with a ton of training volume. Um, And then you also want to be trying to eat as much as you can while still, you know, progressing, like dropping weight or again, whatever the goal is, I'm just using fat loss as like your general, general thing there, since that's a a popular one. Um, And then also focus on the process versus the progress. I think that's, that's the biggest one where a lot of people kind of get all misconstrued there because it's like, oh, well, I'm just so focused. I got to lose these 20 pounds. And that's all you're focused on. And if you have a week where maybe you didn't have like a big drop in weight, or maybe you're on, you know, your menstrual cycle that week or whatever the situation is, you know, you can't let that deter you because you have to stay grounded in the process, not the process. Progress will come as long as you're focusing on that process and just really buckling down on that. Yeah. I mean, again, like anything in life, it's, it's not linear as much as we want to tell ourselves it's yeah, there's going to be some, yeah, some good days, not so good days. There's going to be some forward progression, maybe not, you know, regression or I, in quotes there, not necessarily, like you said, like maybe you're retaining water for whatever reason. Um, 
Yeah, good points. Well, you know, once again, thank you for for being on here and, and just sharing everything. Um, you know, you have today. I guess you know before we we end, um, is there anything? Um, or let me let me rephrase that. Um, if people want to get in touch with you or kind of learn more about you and your coaching and you know connect with you on social media, like where's the best place to to find you and everything else like that? So. Instagram would probably be the one of the best places. I mean, you can also email me too, but um, Instagram would be the best. Like if you want to just kind of touch base with me there, um, my Instagram's um, at Taryn underscore Nettles. You know, you can shoot me a DM or um, you could reach out to me too, like via email, but my email's kind of long, kind of working on shortening that up. Um, my email <laughs> though is uh, Taryn at gtnutritionperformance.org. So that's why I said just DM me. Figure <laughs> that way. Nice, nice, and of of course, I'll put that um in the you know whatever not link in bio whatever it is the the show credits there all the links and everything. Um, do y'all have a is there is there a website or I guess just Instagram is the best way? Yeah, Instagram's the best way. Um, I do have a website, but it's I took it down because it kind of reflected like the quote unquote old me. Um. It's it's in the process of like being rebuilt from the ashes, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Turn that down to, to the nice. Up. Hey, I'm uh, I'm all for the uh, yeah the the phoenix the proverbial phoenix oh. rising out of the ashes there. So nice. good stuff, awesome. Um, well, again, you know, once again, thank you for everything and um. Yeah, this has been a really fun conversation. I definitely learned a lot and enjoyed uh, everything that you had to share. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes me happy. And again, thank you for having me. You know, and I hope your listeners, you know, get some some kind of value out of this. I have no doubt in my mind that they they will. So awesome. All right. We will see you all next time. Hey, really quick, before you go, I need you to do one thing for me. If there was something in this episode that you think would be of value to someone else, please share it for me. My goal is to empower as many people as possible on their health and fitness journeys. And one of the best ways to do it is to share awesome information like what you heard in today's episode out with many others. So do me a favor, copy and paste that link, send it to one of your friends, your family, or anyone who you think would get some enjoyment and value out of this. I appreciate you for listening. I'll see you next time.